Welcome back to the Maximize Man podcast. I am Clark Bartram and you are awesome. Thank you for being here. So if you've been tuning in and listening for a while, you realized I took a break for a while. And in the last episode, I shared with you why I took the break, the diagnosis of prostate cancer, the loss of my older brother, turning 60, all of those things really kind of impacted me in a way that I just needed to take a break. I needed to step aside and and gather my thoughts and really assess my life and figure out, okay, what's next for me? I love Oprah when she says, ask yourself, what's your next best move? So given this diagnosis, that's what I want to talk about today is the importance of having your prostate checked through a PSA blood test. And and it's very simple. So I'm going to take you back through my process and explain to you how I figured out that I have prostate cancer. And I am just now, as we sit here today and you're listening to this, I'm about two months in. You know, I don't have the date and the time like a lot of people have this time stamp in their life. I just know a couple months ago that I got news that I never, ever thought that I would get. Like if you line up seven guys, now I've heard one in eight, I've heard one in seven, I've heard one in six. So let's say it's one in seven guys to cut down the midline there. If you lined up seven guys and just said, okay, which one of these seven, and they were all different, just because we are who we are and the the way we think, you would probably pick me last, right? Like that's the last guy I thought would get prostate cancer. And that's what I'm hearing from a lot of people. But here's, here's the reality. Cancer is no respecter of persons. It can get me, it can get, it's going to get one out of seven guys. And, and black men get it even more than white men do. So I really want everyone to listen with the idea and the understanding that you need to get checked. So my process is as follows. As you know, I'm coaching men over 50. And the link is on here. Click the link, find out about the program. But I coach men over 50, and I have been since I've been 50, and I'm 60 now. So for 10 years, I've been hearing stories of men. I've been helping them lose weight. I've been helping them get abs. That's what everyone wants. They want to get abs and they want to boost their testosterone levels naturally. So that's what I became known for, helping men boost their testosterone naturally. And I am 100% natural. And now everyone is really finding out the fact that I am because every doctor is asking me because what I'm finding out is testosterone feeds prostate cancer. And we'll talk about that in another episode. That is absolutely crazy to me to think of some of the things that they want to do with me. So with that being said, boosting testosterone naturally, one of the things that I started to do, and you heard me talk about different sponsors that we had here before, was have men get their blood tested. Because I understand the importance of blood testing, but truth be told, I wasn't really looking at my blood for anything other than what my testosterone numbers were because I personally got so caught up in that, wanting to have these high numbers naturally, that that became my myopic myopic focus of like, what can I get it to? What can I eat? How can I train? How can I get my mindset sitting in the cold plunge and the this cryotherapy and all these different things that I was doing to boost my testosterone? That's really what I was focusing on. But I was having my blood work done every six months. So one day, it was it's the day that I'm speaking of is over a year ago now because I was training at a different gym. So I'm sitting in the parking lot and I had my phone out 
And on the phone, I had the PDF and we're looking through everything. And my testosterone was up there and I was all excited about that. But we got down the row to PSA, prostate-specific antigen. It is a protein in your blood, an enzyme protein into your blood that isn't necessarily indicative of prostate cancer itself, but it does give you a flashing light that says something is going on in your prostate, whether it's prostatitis, enlargement of your prostate, or something more nefarious like what I'm dealing with, cancer. But at least it gives you an indication that you should take that to another level to understand what is going on. So he said, hey, man, your number is at, I think it was 9.8, 8.9, one of the two. But it was certainly higher than it needed to be because at the age of 50, you should be one or below on on your PSA. So I was way above the norm. And, and we need to talk about finasteride, too, as it relates to skewing those numbers. If you're on finasteride, talk to your doctor about what that does to PSA numbers. It will basically cut those numbers in half. And if you're not telling your doctor or your healthcare practitioner who's ever doing your blood that you're on finasteride, dutasteride, proscar, any of these things that stop your hair from falling out, or are meant to shrink your prostate. If you're not revealing that, then your numbers are cut in half and you're not really seeing what's happening. So be honest about the shit that you're taking and don't hide it from anyone. So anyway, this is stuff I'm learning that I never thought I would need to learn. So 9.8, whatever it was, hey, Clark, you need to go to your doctor. All right. So I, I, this is after COVID and all that sort of stuff. So it took a while to get into my doctor. Plus I drug my feet a little bit because I'm thinking, I'm never going to get cancer. I'm Clark Bartram. So I wait a little while. I finally get an appointment. A couple months later, we go in and he looks at it. He goes, hey, I need to give you a DRE, digital rectal exam, finger up the butt. He's like, here we go. So being the guy that I am, the social media influencer, everything to me is content. So I actually got my phone out, turned the video on, and you may have seen the reel where I put the phone down on the chair there that I was bending over on and had my elbows on while this doctor shoved his finger up my ass. And you can hear him. You can hear him in the video say, I feel something little soft and bumpy over here on the right side. I'm not too worried about it though. So the minute I heard that, I'm like, map, I'm Clark Bartram, no problem. It's just swollen or whatever. I didn't know what he was feeling and he wasn't trying to scare me. My doctor's great, by the way. I love my urologist. He's a great guy, very informative, has helped me out a lot. But because he said, I'm not too worried about it, I wasn't too worried about it. So I went on about my life, edited the reel, put it up on my Instagram, and I'm like, I'm going to do a public service announcement. And again, if I look back on this site and and, and these things in hindsight, I'm just going to be real and honest with you. I was creating content. And as much as I was doing a PSA, a public service announcement about PSA, I was creating content. It wasn't a mission to me like it is now. So we go about it and he says, you know, I'm going to order an MRI for you. So he orders the MRI and I get the notification through my patient portal that the MRI is denied by insurance. 
So what I want you to understand here is that you are in control of your health. If you ever get turned down by your insurance, push back on them and push back on them immediately. Because these things need to be handled immediately because the sooner you catch them, the better off you are and the better off your family is. I didn't. I didn't push back immediately. I'm thinking once again, ah, man, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. It's just, you know, prostatitis or whatever. I don't feel bad. I look great. I function good. I have a lot of energy. There's nothing has changed in my life. So I don't say anything to my doctor. And then we have another appointment. I would, I, I don't know how long has passed, maybe four or five months by this time. So we talk again. He said, hey, what's up with the MRI? I'm like, I don't know. You tell me. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, well, the insurance turned it down. He immediately, my doctor immediately went into action. He's like, no, bullshit. We're getting this taken care of. So he pushed back. He appealed it. And we got it approved. Well, because of COVID and all that, it took another two months to get in. Something else I want to say. You have the right to ask for a different facility. So if the MRI, in this case, whatever, whatever it is that they're testing for and whatever they're using to test for it, it could be a doctor, it could be a machine like an MRI machine. If that machine is not available, you have the right to say, send me to another facility. I want it done now. You are the patient, you are in control, and it is up to you and you alone to take complete control of this. Because if you think about it, the minute you left that office, Joe came in, Sally came in, and people were coming in at the rate of one person every seven to 12 minutes. Boom, 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 boom. So you're in and out of their mind, and they certainly don't remember you. While it's top of, top of the list for you, it's not top of the list for them. So you take control. And I'm talking to men specifically because I wasn't listening to my wife. Clark, what's going on? Ah, don't worry about it. And I'm blowing her off. And, and I was wrong. I was completely wrong. And my wife, man, if she was here right now, she'd be cheering. She's already told me. And, and I'm taking it like a man. And, and we'll talk about that tagline here in a little bit that's close to that. Anyway, so I finally get into the MRI. We do the MRI and I get back the results of the MRI, which took, you know, another couple days by the time the doctor got back to me. And they give you what's called a PIRAD score. And my PIRAD score was like an eight out of a 10. So I had my consultation with my doctor on Zoom and he said, hey man, you know, you're like an eight out of a 10. He said, there's an 85% chance that you have cancer unless you're some kind of anomaly, you know? And I said, dude, look at me. <laughs> I am an anomaly. I'm almost 60 years old. Look at me. And I'm joking around, serious and joking and all of that, but kind of putting off this idea of, wow, what if I have cancer? So we go and now schedule the biopsy. So the biopsy is a very touchy subject with respect to testing and whether or not you need testing and what type of biopsy you get. Here's what I will say. Get an MRI guided biopsy in the event you are following and tracking me in this process going, Clark, I'm right there behind you. I have a biopsy coming up. Do not get a random, and, and listen, I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV, but this is what I know. For them to randomly shove a tube in your prostate, hoping that they hit a tumor. So say your prostate is that big around right there, which is probably about the average size. 
And for them just to shove this teeny little tube in there and hope to hit a tumor without knowing exactly where they're focusing that core sample on, it's a needle in a haystack type of a deal. Literally, it's a needle in a haystack. So ask your doctor for an MRI-guided biopsy. That way they can look at it with the MRI, guide the biopsy needle in there, hit the affected area of their cancer or the tumor-looking area that was revealed on the MRI. And if you can, get a T3 MRI, not a 1.5 MRI, because a T3 is a much higher resolution imagery that can show if it's gone outside the prostate wall or whatever. I'm just realizing how freaking educated I'm getting on this stuff. So they go in and they do typically about 12 core samples and it, it looks like a gun. It looks like a child's gun. It's just a piece of plastic with a little trigger on it. It's click, 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 like one of Jim's grandkids would have something very similar, but out shoots this long tube that's hollow that takes a core sample, very similar to if you were to go down in the earth, drilling for gold, getting a core sample of dirt, seeing how much is actually in there. So you get these 12 core samples, which is, I'm not going to say it's painless, but it, it hurt. Like two of them hurt really bad that had to go through a certain area of my prostate. And I almost peed all over the floor, which I found out later was blood. It wasn't pee. It was blood coming out of my, my dick. But you, you're on the table there and you get two forms of antibiotic because the likelihood or the chance, let me, let me rephrase that, the chance of you getting an infection or this becoming a sepsis type of situation and actually becoming a very, very serious situation is high. So you have to be very careful with biopsies. And this is part of the controversy, in my opinion, like the risk reward ratio. So anyway, 12 of these samples, two of them made me want to piss all over the floor, blood, and they come out we get the core samples back later on. I'm having a Zoom call with my doctor. And if you watch my Instagram, you will see the long seven-minute video that I did revealing this online where he says, we found cancer. Out of 12 core samples, they found seven tumors, at least in that portion, right? So out of the 12, there were seven. And they have now... After the PIRAD score, they have what's called a Gleason score that goes on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being least, 10 being the worst. And they, and they put numbers together. So let's say the core sample is that long, and there are grades of cancer from 1 to, to 7 or something like that, or 10, but they add these numbers together based upon how much of each of these grades that are in there. So the, apparently there was some... Doctor years ago, Gleason, I'm guessing it was his name, Dr. Gleason, that was a pathologist that came up with this, this grading system. So out of the seven core samples, six of them were a Gleason score of three plus four, totaling seven, which is no longer in the, the numbers that would be categorized in a place where you could watch it just where, where you could just observe this cancer and not do anything because anything below a seven, again, I'm not a doctor. This is not medical advice is typically a, a not, it's, it's a non-malignant type of, it's benign. So you can be on what they refer to as active surveillance. You don't have to do anything. Just, you know, go in and get your PSA checked all the time because that's pretty much the benchmark to watch the, the changes along the way. 
So six were a three plus four and one was a four plus three, which was really what was concerning. While it still totaled out to be a seven, there were more fours than there were threes in that particular core sample. So they automatically just go, this is how we're going to treat this prostate cancer with this Gleason score. So now is when you got to be careful. Now is when you need to put on your disciple of, so I, I use the word disciple because that is disciplined learner. You need to be a disciplined learner of this business model called prostate cancer because you will now be in every sales pitch by very educated people who will make you feel inferior and not because they're trying to make you feel inferior or scared because they know more than you do currently until you educate yourself on, is this the direction I want to go? Is this the doctor I want to use? Do I want to treat this with radiation? Do I want to treat this with a radical prostatectomy, ripping it out of my body? Do I want to treat this with uh, HDT, hormone deprivation therapy? Do I want to treat this with proton therapy? Do I want to treat this with non-standard of care modalities like what people refer to as natural or homeopathic? These are all your choices. But until you educate yourself and understand, first and foremost, because prostate cancer is very slow growing. It's the second leading cause of cancer death in men after lung cancer. So when you hear pancreatic cancer, like that's the real scary one. But because of the numbers of men that get prostate cancer, the, the total mortality rate is higher than the other ones behind it, like liver and pancreatic and things like that that are really more serious and scary, but it's, it's still cancer. At the end of the day, it's still cancer and you still need to deal with it in a very thoughtful, thoughtful way. So you have all of these different ways that you can attack it in one way is not the perfect way, but when you're sitting in that sales pitch and you're listening to that doctor, who's explaining to you while you're in fear that we need to handle this right away. Here's what I want to say. Don't let your anxiety dictate your treatment. Do not let your anxiety dictate your treatment because if you immediately respond or react to the first person, like your urologist typically will be the surgeon. If he says or she says, hey, we're going to cut this thing out, and you automatically willy-nilly say, yeah, you need to understand that there's a lot that goes into the decision of whether or not to take that thing out, like where the tumor is in relation to the nerves that control incontinence, control your ability to get an erection. Like where is that nerve in comparison to where they're going to cut? And so there's a lot there. Radiation, the same thing. You really need to understand your specific cancer because prostate cancer is not one thing. It's your thing. It's an individual thing. That prostate cancer, even with the Gleason score of four plus three equals seven, and you might have a four plus three equals seven, isn't the same. There are different types of tumors. They're situated different, posterior, anterior, and in, in, in all of these different things that 
dictate how you should move forward. And you have time in most cases. But again, I'm not giving advice here other than be educated, understand what's going on in your life. So the state and the stage, so as far as the staging of my cancer, I have 2B, which is intermediate to aggressive kind. It's not low, it's not high, it's right in the middle. So some of what I've been recommended is is really interesting to me. And, and again, I'm recommending to the urology or the oncology or whoever it is that gives these things names that they should consider changing them to something less horrifying sounding than radical prostatectomy, hormone deprivation therapy, chemical castration and shit like that that just sounds terrible because it really is. So what, what it comes down to is this quality of life. You need to determine what quality of life you want during and after whatever modality you choose to treat your cancer. You have to factor in all of the people in your life with respects to how is the interaction going to be with them afterwards? Will you be able to get an erection and have intimacy with your wife ever again or whoever it is that you're with? If you have hormone deprivation therapy, what's that going to do to your energy levels and your attitude while you're going through menopause, basically, is what happens. So these are all the things that are going through my mind right now. So all of what I'm sharing with you is real world, real time stuff. So in the next episode, I want to talk about the nonprofit organization that I created called Check It Like a Man, where I'm on a mission to get every man in the United States of America to check it like a man. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to the Maximize Man podcast. See you later.